1: Welcome in to Outkick the Show. A little bit late today. I've got to finish, then I got baseball, wild, wild and crazy dad duties uh, here. Uh, I spent yesterday uh, traveling down to uh, Mar-a-Lago and back. Uh, Was busy all afternoon after I finished the radio show yesterday. Uh, Got to meet with President Trump, 45 himself, at a uh, Senator Haggerty fundraising event. Tennessee Senator who was elected in 2020. Had a great time, met a lot of fantastic people there. Trump is raring to go. Uh, I've said this before. I will be surprised if he is not going to run in 2024. Uh, but thanks to everybody for the hospitality down at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, wife and I both traveled down yesterday. Had an awesome time uh, with Senator Haggerty and with 45. Uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so, uh, right off the top two, I want to continue to say thank you for all the support we're getting for Clay and Buck as this show continues to grow. Uh, we are about to hit number one in Austin, Texas. We have hit number one in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we are about to hit number one in Cincinnati. Uh, lots of different incredible and fantastic news there. And we are going to have new additions continuing to come up. Recently, we added Seattle and St. Louis uh, for the Clay and Buck Show. If you are living in either Seattle or St. Louis, appreciate you and hope you'll take the time to check us out in your local markets. Obviously, We also are setting records every single month. Nearly 13 million of you downloaded the Clay and Buck Show in March, which was our all-time record. And uh, we hope that in April we're going to set another all-time record. All right, yesterday uh, news broke that a courageous Florida district court judge had made the decision. Her name is Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell. Uh, She was a former Clarence Thomas law clerk, who has since been appointed to the uh, Florida District Court by Donald Trump? She is only 35 years old. She wrote a 59-page opinion that I believe, I believe, is the single most influential District Court opinion of the 21st century so far. Let me repeat that: District Court opinion. Because people are going to grab this clip and they're going to say, "Oh, what about the Supreme Court?" Well, that's different. What about the Circuit Court? That's different. What about the uh, Supreme Courts in states? That's different. Federal district court opinion. I'm not sure that anyone has written a more influential opinion in that within hours, within six hours of her opinion going out, the TSA had stopped enforcing the mask mandate for the first time in nearly two years in airports, and every major airline, United, Southwest, American, Delta, Frontier, Allegiant, JetBlue. I could keep uh, running through the list of all these different airlines. They all did away with their mask mandate. Doesn't mean that you can't wear a mask if you do not care about the facts over the past two years that have clearly demonstrated that masks have no benefit, no statistical benefit. Uh, By the way, lockdowns also, according to a Johns Hopkins study, no benefit to those. But if you really believe that that is wrong, And if you aren't willing to actually look at data, you can continue to wear masks for the rest of your life. But for the rest of us, I'm flying down to Orlando with a couple of my boys uh, on Thursday of next week. I'm ecstatic that we're not gonna have to wear masks. I've been begging for no masks to be required on planes for a long time. Uh, And so Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell, a Trump appointee, had the courage to actually apply the law point out that the CDC's 15-day extension, as well as many of their extensions as it pertains to mask, arbitrary, capricious, lacking in regulatory uh, approval. Remember, 57 senators voted against continuing the mask mandate. You saw the overwhelming reaction from people on planes when they were announced, many of them in air, that they could take their masks off. This is a big-time win. I think what happened here was... The Biden administration knows there's no justification for mask mandates anymore, but they are afraid to announce it themselves because they already have a tiny approval rating. And their far left wing uh, base overwhelmingly believes in masks, even though it's anti-science to be doing so. And there's no justification for that to occur. And so this way they can blame a young woman appointed Trump justice and say she is the problem as opposed to taking the blame themselves for the CDC. So my prediction here is when they didn't immediately appeal, they're going to wait until it gets close to this 15-day level, and then the CDC is going to say, well, you know what? We don't think that we need masks anymore. And they will say that they made the choice, even though the reality is this decision was made by Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell. Let me say this too, all right? If the Biden administration elects to reinstitute the mask mandate how arbitrary and capricious is that going to look for two weeks you could walk through every airport every train you could ride on there were no issues at all associated with not having a mask and then suddenly in middle of may they say you have to put masks on in airplanes again you have to wear masks in airports again it's not going to fly with the vast majority of the american public who has recognized That the CDC is the equivalent of the emperor who wears no clothes. And so I give tremendous credit. One courageous judge. It's like the Berlin Wall coming down. It only took one judge actually standing up for the Constitution, actually standing up for law, actually standing up for the data to finally tear down this unconstitutional CDC usurpation of authority here. And by the way, The CDC isn't elected, okay? So I am sick of elected officials like Joe Biden saying, oh, we're going to allow the CDC to make a determination and then we're going to follow whatever they recommend. Why? We don't elect the CDC. The only thing we are electing politicians for is their judgment. If your judgment is so flawed that you are abdicating your judgment, and allowing someone who is a government bureaucrat to make decisions that otherwise are unaccountable to elected voters, like to voters like you and me who can make decisions about whether to reelect them, you're completely usurping the point of democracy itself. Elected officials should make decisions on the recommendation of government bureaucrats, not completely defer and give away all judgment to government bureaucrats who are unelected. This is the big issue with Fauci for years. How do you ever remove Dr. Fauci from being what he is, the highest paid government employee in the entire country? How do you get rid of him? You can't. He's a government bureaucrat. So by and large, the only way to hold people accountable is in the elections, which is why, in my opinion, which is why November has to be an electoral reckoning. There have to be consequences for the Democrats that have made awful decisions as it pertains to decisions on COVID. Uh, All right, Uh, a couple of news stories out there. A lot of news coming out in the NFL. Next week is the NFL draft. And I feel like on some level, it's sneaking up on people uh, because of what exactly has been going on off the field. So many different quarterbacks moving. Debo Samuel, big time playmaking, wide receiver slash running back slash guy who you want the ball in his hands with the San Francisco 49ers, has demanded a trade. Uh, And we'll see whether or not that trade is granted. In the meantime, a lot of young wide receivers, playmakers, including A.J. Brown with the Tennessee Titans, who has removed Tennessee from his bio, want to get big contracts in the wake of the money that Tyreek Hill got, in the wake of the money uh, that Devontae Adams got. So many wide receivers making big dollars. It will be intriguing to see what the 49ers do given the money that they have committed right now still uh, to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and what the Titans do given the fact that according to my friend Warren Sharp, they have the most money invested on the offensive side of the ball already before they even pay A.J. Brown a substantial amount of dollars going forward as he prepares to enter his fourth fourth year. Remember, the advantage of taking somebody in the first round is you get five years from them. Uh, and when you take somebody in the second round, they hit free agency after only four years. They don't get as much guaranteed money up front. Uh, but with Devo Samuel, with A.J. Brown, this is a story uh, worth following. Also a story worth following in the world of sports. Oscar Shiboy, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, a big-time playmaking uh, power forward for the University of Kentucky, is returning for another season. And this is one of the big impacts of NIL in general. Uh, Name, image, and likeness. He's going to make a bundle of money, maybe more money, staying at the University of Kentucky than he could in the NBA because he's not a guaranteed first-round draft pick. So Oscar Shibwe is returning. Fabulous player, but undersized and not the crazy athlete inside that an NBA team might want to be guaranteeing millions of dollars to him, while there's a lot of attention being given to 17- and 18-year-old recruits who are cashing in in a big way in terms of what they are making uh, to play college athletics. This, to me, is one of the great stories of college athletics as it pertains to NIL, a guy who has proven himself, who is, by all accounts, a really good dude being able to make money while continuing to play at the University of Kentucky. I think this is an underrated benefit. I'm a capitalist. I believe that if you perform, you deserve to be paid. Uh, And Oscar Shibwe returning uh, to Kentucky is one of the early storylines associated with uh, the NIL. Uh, This story, I'm fired up on uh, Mel Kuyper. This story just came out uh, a couple days ago, but I haven't been able to talk about it because yesterday I was at Mar-a-Lago and traveling down to Palm Beach. Uh, Mel Kuyper, credit to Mel Kuyper, he is surging up my draft board. He refused to get the COVID shot. Mel Kuyper refused to get the COVID shot because he probably, as a draft guy, looked at the data and said, wait a minute, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would I get the COVID shot? I've had COVID twice. I haven't gotten the COVID shot. I don't believe I'm ever going to get the COVID shot, because I don't think it's beneficial. By the way, my family, my kids, also have not gotten the COVID shot. Um, so Mel Kuyper, Disney has a mandate through ESPN that you have to get the COVID shot. And if you don't, that uh, that you theoretically are going to be fired. But Mel Kuyper basically threw the double birds up at Disney. And as a result, they're letting him uh, cover the NFL draft, but they're making him do it from home. Now, here's what's crazy about this. The NFL draft next week is in Las Vegas. It is wide open. There are going to be hundreds of thousands of people present in Las Vegas for the NFL draft. Why does this matter? Well, if none of them are wearing masks and if there's no COVID requirement uh, in terms of shots, why can't Mel Kuiper be there? There are going to be hundreds of thousands of people present Uh, This is an example of anti-science lunacy, okay? Also, Allison Williams was on with Dan Dakich. Dan Dakich does a great show uh, for OutKick in the mornings, if you haven't checked it out, uh, from 9 to 11 Eastern, 8 to 10 uh, Central, 7 to 9 in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 to 8 on the West Coast. She was on as a guest, and she pointed out that she was basically fired by ESPN. Allison Williams was because she refused to get the COVID shot. So wait a minute. Why did ESPN allow Mel Kuyper to refuse to get the COVID shot and allow him to continue to be employed by ESPN, but they mandated that Allison Williams get the COVID shot or she got fired? Is this fair from Disney? It doesn't make any sense to me At all. Now, Allison Williams now works at the Daily Wire. She's smart. She laid out the decision why she didn't get the COVID shot. I agree with her on all of her logic. I think it's far braver to stand up and refuse to get the COVID shot than it is to bend over backwards for a medical treatment you don't need. But why did Mel Kuyper, and by the way, I'm anti-mandate. I think that Disney's perspective should have been what Fox's position was, which is we're not mandated to get the shot, right? I did not get the COVID shot. And for months, I wasn't allowed to go into the New York City radio studio or to the Fox News studio in New York City because of the idiot rules of New York City as it pertains to COVID shots, right? So I wasn't allowed to go in there. Uh, By the way, that's just a good excuse not to have to travel to New York City. I'm not going to complain about it. But I do think it's significant. Fox allowed individual talent, to their credit, to make decisions about whether or not to get the COVID shot. Disney didn't. And Disney, it appears, arbitrarily made Allison Williams get the shot or she was fired versus allowing Mel Kuyper to not get the shot and not force him to be fired. Now, that doesn't seem fair to me. Uh, Again, I'm against all mandates, but why would Allison Williams get fired and why would Mel Kuyper keep his job? Again, Mel Kuyper rising up my draft board based on this decision. Allison Williams, I've already given her a great deal of uh, praise for making that decision, having the bravery to make that decision. But why is Disney not having to answer ESPN in particular why those two employees were treated so drastically different based on the decisions they made as it pertains to COVID? I think that's a question that should have to be asked. Certainly, it's one that we're asking here at OutKick. I disagree with another decision. Uh, Wimbledon has banned... Russian tennis players, as well as Belarusian tennis players, Belarusian. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but players from Belarus and players from Russia from being able to compete in uh, the Wimbledon tennis competition. I disagree with it completely. Just like I ripped the Boston marathon, I don't believe you should hold individual athletes who are representing themselves primarily, not their country. This is not the Olympics. I don't believe you should hold individual athletes responsible for the choices that their country makes, particularly because we don't even know what those individual athletes think about the invasion of Ukraine. I disagree wholeheartedly with many of the choices that are being made by China. I think that China is committing genocide against the Uyghurs. I think there should be significant consequences on a global scale against China. I do not believe individual Chinese athletes should be disallowed from participation In the United States. Okay. Uh, I believe that North Korea. uh, uh, If they had individual star athletes. Which they don't. But if they did. I don't believe that an individual North Korean athlete. Should not be able to participate in Wimbledon either. I disagree wholeheartedly with North Korean dictatorship. And the decisions they're making. I disagree with what China's doing. I disagree with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But that doesn't mean that I think every single athlete. In any of those countries. Should be disallowed. From competition. I think this is mob rule. I think this is social justice anarchy. I think Wimbledon got it wrong. I think the Boston Marathon got it wrong and I don't like the precedent that is being set as it pertains to who is allowed to compete for a running championship in the Boston Marathon or for a Wimbledon title based on where they happen to be from. And right after that we'll continue the discussion but first a momentary break. Um, this is pretty uh, this is pretty huge story I think Netflix you guys know that uh, that I uh, ran Outkick as a media company before I sold it last year I'm fascinated by where media is going I've got a story up uh, at Outkick that I would encourage you guys to check out uh, and in that story I wrote about the fact that I am not convinced that streaming is going to be in any way beneficial for uh, overall sports fans and I gave you an example I said look My 11-year-old, I've talked about this before, huge Atlanta Braves fan. We're going down to Atlanta in June. I'm going to go, hopefully if the weather's good, to seven straight Atlanta Braves baseball games in June. I'm taking my boys. We're staying at the battery. It's a fabulous setup there. I love what the Braves have done uh, with Truist Park and the whole battery that surrounds it. Props to Atlanta. We need a situation like that in Nashville. By the way, fingers crossed on Nashville being able to get an MLB team at some point. Uh, But, as it, pertains to, uh, as it pertains to streaming, Netflix stock, and I'm going to look at it right now because the stock market just closed. Netflix stock, and I'm unfortunately a Netflix shareholder, but I am a longtime Netflix shareholder, so I believe my company, uh, my profit is still in there, although a lot of it went away. Netflix dropped 35% today after they announced that they lost 200,000 subscribers in their most recent quarter. And the concern here is that streaming may have reached its maximum audience, particularly in the United States and Canada already. And as a result, Netflix stock has tanked and it's at a four-year low, basically erasing all of the gains that have existed over the past several years. Uh, Netflix stock was as recently as, let me do the math here, as recently basically as the end of the year Netflix was nearly at $700. So Netflix has lost a massive percentage of its overall uh, high. It was at nearly $701 per share. Same thing has happened to Disney, which also is beginning to tank. And the question that a lot of people are asking, which is a valid one is, is streaming a good business at all? The reason why I ask, especially from the sports prism, is it's getting harder and harder to be able to find where your games are going to air. Used to be you could sit back and there was no challenge at all and you knew exactly where the games were going to be. Now that is starting to change. And I saw this and I thought, man, this is crazy. We couldn't find the Atlanta Braves game on television recently. Couldn't find it on streaming. We got Major League Baseball extra innings, all those things. And I looked it up and the Yankees, who fans who live in New York City, are going to need the following... To be able to watch their team play. Yes. ESPN. Fox. FS1. Amazon Prime Video. Apple TV. And Peacock. That is seven or eight different places. Where New York Yankee games are going to air this year. The reason why I bring that up. Um, used to be. Everything was on television. You had a satellite, cable or satellite subscription. Boom. You sit down. You watch everything. Now. I don't even know how to find some of these games. Uh, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Peacock. This is going to be very difficult and expensive if you're a fan of the Yankees. And so I understand in the short term why that make, makes sense for Major League Baseball. I don't understand it in the long term. And I used my 11-year-old as an example because we couldn't watch the Braves that night. And he said, okay, oh, well, I'll play Fortnite instead. And there's so many entertainment options out there. It seems to me you should want your games to be as easy to find as possible and have as few of blackouts as as imaginable. And streaming makes that more difficult in order for any fan to actually find. And the reason why I bring all this up is Disney, in particular ESPN, The cable and satellite bundle has been slowly declining, really kind of accelerating even more so rapidly. For instance, ESPN lost 8 million subscribers last year. 8 million people cut the cord. And so Disney has seen this happening. And they say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build ESPN+. Plus. We're going to build Disney+. Plus. We're going to allow everybody to transition to streaming. The problem is Disney Plus is still losing a lot of money. And if Disney Plus is still losing a lot of money as the cable and satellite bundle, which has been very, very profitable, begins to decline, what is going to happen if Disney is losing money on streaming and if they are simultaneously losing their profit on cable and satellite? The theme parks better make a lot of money. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, and the movies too, the reason why I'm bringing this up is there's been this idea that the future is streaming. What if we've already reached the future and streaming is never going to be that good of a business? Well, now you've got Netflix saying, hey, by the way, we're going to go after password shares and we're going to go after uh, advertising dollars now to try to rebuild the numbers here uh, of subscribers. I think it's going to be hard to get all of the password shares. I think it's also going to lead to you getting signed out more frequently from your accounts which is going to be more frustrating. But also the bigger issue with streaming in general is you can, there's a lot of churn. That is a lot of people end their subscriptions on a month-to-month basis. And when inflation hits 8.5%, what you're ending up with from a media perspective is you've got a real challenge because let's say I'm a fan, which I am, of Ozark. Well, Ozark is going to debut on April 29th uh, with the second half of the last season. And then I'm also a fan of Stranger Things. Stranger Things is coming on sometime this summer. What if I just decide to cancel my Netflix subscription and wait around for a substantial period of time until all the shows that I want to watch are all stacked up, sign up for a subscription, watch everything that I want to see in a month, and then take six more months off instead of being $150 or $180 a year I can do Netflix for twenty-five or thirty bucks a year. I don't think that that is going to become uncommon. And remember, initially, the idea they sold us on was we're going to save you money with streaming. The opposites ended up being true. I still have a Comcast uh, cable subscription here. I also have Hulu, Amazon Prime, uh, Disney Plus, Netflix, uh, uh, the, the HBO Max, or whatever it's called, Paramount. Uh, and I don't even know the difference between Paramount and uh, and what's the other one? Paramount, and uh, there's another one that starts with P that I can't even remember. Why do they all have the same letter? But the point is, I'm paying way more money for programming now than I ever did when I just had a cable and satellite subscription. And as a sports fan, I am having more difficulty being able to watch my favorite team's games and I'm going to have to pay way more to do that going forward, and it's going to be more difficult. Plus, Plus, this is a monster deal, there's a massive latency issue associated with watching games that are being streamed. That is, they're up to a minute behind, which means you can't live wager, and you can't really text with friends who are watching the games on cable because they're going to be way ahead of you, and so they're reacting to the plays before you are, which defeats the purpose of watching a lot of live television programming in the first place. In other words, the bullish case on streaming, I am increasingly convinced, is going to be nowhere near as bullish as most would have anticipated. Uh, Speaking of which, you're seeing happen right now, CNN Plus is being abandoned. All right. By the way, Disney is basically at the same share price they were three or four years ago. Uh, because they initially got a huge run up in value associated with streaming and their numbers have fallen off too. And so there's a big question out there about whether this thing's ever going to be profitable because you have to continue to spend scads of money on all of the programming that you're doing. And most of that programming ends value does not have long-term value. So just think about it. Uh, and that ties in with CNN+. Plus. Nobody is watching CNN+. Plus. More people are watching this show on YouTube and on Facebook and on Twitter and certainly listening to it than are watching most CNN Plus shows on a day-to-day basis. That is, CNN Plus is dead on arrival. And that is why Discovery slash Warner is basically abandoning CNN Plus at its inception. They've stopped all the advertising for it. Uh, The marketing budget, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on it. It hasn't panned out. They got hardly anybody to sign up. Who knew that Jamel Hill and Rex Chapman and Don Lemon and Brian Stelter were not going to get people to come off their wallets and pay a substantial amount of money to sign up for their shows? Nobody really watches CNN now. And people thought, oh, they're going to pay more to watch more CNN programming? It's an all-time bad business decision that never made any sense at all. Uh, And on top of that, uh, we have got another battle that's going on. So CNN Plus is basically dead on arrival. Ron DeSantis, tomorrow, the Florida House is going to vote on this. But in the meantime, the Florida Senate today passed Ron DeSantis' congressional map that creates four new Republican-leaning districts and is also going to remove Disney's self-governing power and special exempt status If the Florida House passes this tomorrow, then for the first time since 1969, Florida will not allow Disney to essentially be judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to land use in all of the land that Walt Disney bought up. Why did this happen? Because Disney attempted to attack the state of Florida for the parental rights bill. They tried to brand it the don't say gay bill. Most of the time, Most of the time, politicians in those states, uh, when big companies come after them, they curl up in the fetal position and they basically apologize. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did the opposite. When this happened, Ron DeSantis said, no, 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 no. Disney needs Florida more now than Florida needs Disney. And I think he's correct. They can't move Disney World out of Florida. So if you're going to come after the governor of the state of Florida, and you're going to inject woke politics nationwide, well, the state of Florida said, we're going to fight back. There are going to be consequences if you are going to label our bills publicly as anti-trans and anti-gay falsely. We're going to fire back at you. And we are going to take away your preferred treatment that is unequal under the law, that gives Disney benefits that other corporations don't have. And I think Disney is understanding now that there are consequences when you go full-on woke. When you throw a punch at someone who is not woke, for a long time, people have just taken those punches and they've said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, corporation. Uh, What can we do to get back in your good graces? Ron DeSantis said we're not going to do that in Florida anymore. Florida needs Disney less than Disney needs Florida, but if they walk up and they throw a punch, we're going to throw a punch back. And by the way, this is kind of larger context sports. You got all these woke athletes and people got mad at me because I pushed back against the woke athletes. They would throw punches. They would get praised by the sports media. And for a long time, my argument was, I just want everybody to be able to be sports fans. I still do. Democrats, Republicans, Left-wingers, right-wingers, independents, people who don't care about politics at all. Sports should unite us. But increasingly, I'm of the opinion that you don't win by just making that argument. You have to throw back punches on your own because if you just let yourself get punched in the face time after time after time, the lesson that these companies learn is there is no consequences when they bend to woke politics. And I think Major League Baseball learned that in a big way when they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta, that there were significant consequences to their brand when people threw punches back and when the majority of the American public didn't agree with it. And I think the NFL learned it. And I think the NBA has learned it. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the amount of woke politics in sports has declined substantially. Now, you can say one reason why is because Joe Biden won the election, and that could be true. And maybe it'll come back if Donald Trump runs for re-election in 2024 and attempts to become the 47th president of the United States, which I think he will. But in the meantime, I do think that the sports leagues have learned a lesson about embracing woke politics. Uh, and that's because people like me have finally started to throw back punches and land significant blows. And that is what Ron DeSantis is doing right now with Disney, which is the parent company of ESPN. Finally, uh, this ridiculous libs of TikTok versus the Washington Post story. Uh, The Washington Post, this is just important to understand. The Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, the MSNBC, and CNN have effectively become default arms of the Democratic Party. Whatever left-wingers are in favor of, All of those media outlets will defend their decisions to the ends of the earth. And there was a popular Twitter account, Libs of TikTok, which is now up to almost, I think, a million followers as a part of the fallout, that the Washington Post decided to dox the people who were running this account. And the person who they appointed to dox this account was just a couple of weeks ago or a month ago on MSNBC crying because people were so mean to her online. Now, first of all, here's the deal. People are mean online. That is a consequence of the internet. If you go into my mentions on a day-to-day basis, they are often a cesspool. People say awful things. People fight back and forth. For the most part, I don't really read mentions anymore. I give you my opinion You can agree or disagree with it. I don't have time to read the, you know, potentially tens of thousands of mentions that are coming in every single day. Got the biggest radio show in the country. Do a lot of hits with Fox News. uh, Run out, kick, uh, write articles. Uh, I got so much going on, I just don't have time to read all those mentions. Plus, as soon as I finish this show, I'm about to go walk up and go pick up my kids from school. And then I'm going to be coaching and or watching Little League Baseball for the rest of the evening. So... That is what wild activities I've got going on on a day-to-day basis. But the idea that many of these journalists have, and I use journalist in quotation marks, that they can use the full power and might of a multi-billion dollar company to attack otherwise anonymous people online. Remember, these are the jur- journos who showed up at the door of someone who donated $50 to the Kyle Rittenhouse Fund and said, Why in the world did you donate $50 to the Kyle Rittenhouse Fund? Your name is now going to be public. That's the opposite of journalism. If you are attacking anonymous people, if you are attacking people who are far less resource heavy than you are, like the Washington Post is, that's not journalism. That's attacking people for political purposes, in my opinion. And if you do that, you can't then whine when people are saying mean things about you online and go off and cry on television about what people say. People online are mean. You have to put on your big boy or big girl pants. Get ready for a fight every day. Say exactly what you mean and own it. Do not, I repeat, do not beg for, uh, for approval and whine and cry if you are going to be engaging in political attack, which is what the Washington Post, the New York Times, MSNBC, CNN, all do on behalf of left-wing agencies on a day-to-day basis. So those are my thoughts. I'd encourage you to go follow the Libs of TikTok account as I do on Twitter. Uh, And uh, I'd encourage you to follow me on Twitter as well. We're about to hit, let's see, about to hit 900,000 followers uh, on Twitter. On the march to a million, uh, continuing to have more and more uh, more and more influence. I appreciate you. Just about to hit 900,000. Uh, you can follow me at Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I'm going to pick up my kids now. Hope all of you have a fantastic Wednesday. Be with you on Clay and Buck tomorrow. Had a great show today and appreciate all of you following us every single day at outkick.com. Go read my article about streaming if you're at all curious about the business of streaming. This has been OutKick, the show.